Listeners, the deal is you have to press the blue button. <laughs> blue so means go. <laughs> I'm going to write this down. Blue means go. And this is how we learn. My name is Harper. I am a 38-year-old man. Facebook Live is hard for me. <laughs> I just want to put that out, out there into the, into the world right now. Colin, why don't you introduce yourself? We'll yeah. do it again. Yeah, so uh, my name is Colin Zreet. I am one of the owners and founders here at uh, Funky Picnic, as well as kind of handling the finances and then as well as kind of the educational component. Um, I'm a certified Cicerone as well as a certified uh, BJCP beer judge as well. So there you go. We normally, now we've only, only done this one other time, we will normally have another person hosting with us, another host with us. Her name is Amanda. She cannot be with us because a baby is on the way. It's not her yeah, baby. Not hers. <laughs> it's not her baby. It's someone else's baby. She is a, a doula by practice. Uh, I think it's okay to say that. I hope it's okay to say yeah. that. Um, but she is ushering uh, in. saying your microphone isn't uh, picking up on the stream, as Cam is saying. Cam uh, is saying my microphone's not picking yep, up on the stream. Says, yeah. Well, he says, mine sounds fine, but yours is, isn't really picking up. Isn't that how that works? Cam, tell me, <laughs> tell me now. I'm adjusting myself. Tell me. Oh, you know what? It, you know what it might be. Uh, it might be that. Check. Hello, Cam. Does Let's this see. work? There's, yeah. There's a little bit of a delay, so we'll see. Oh, okay. We're up to five. Five viewers. Five right? viewers. <laughs> I feel like the the count from Sesame Street. <laughs> five. 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 Uh, 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 uh. five viewers. What I did is I, I took it from stereo to mono. I ah. wonder if that's what it might yeah, be. Yeah, that might. Might be only picking up one of the sides, and that's why it's not hearing yours as well. Yeah. You're on the left, and I'm on the right. So. Yeah, that's the way it, it's panned. It's panned in my uh, in my headphones. So Amanda's not here with us. Uh, she's ushering in life into this world, and it's a beautiful experience. But uh, we are going to continue forward, and we are going to uh, talk to you for the next, you know, however long. And you know, we want this to be as interactive as possible. So like, like Cam, who's already talking to us, uh, please uh, jump in at any point um, with any sort of question, any sort of comment. Um, if, if you are an employee of Funky Picnic and you just want to um, give us hell, that's fine too. Uh, one second here. It says broadcast has been paused. It should resume shortly. All right. The audio of this is going to be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. There's a little red thing on my stream right there, too. I don't know what that means. All right. He says, we can hear you, uh, but it still just sounds like you're in a faraway room. Just speak a little louder, and it'll be all good. Can I speak a little louder? Oh, I can speak louder. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that's a... Uh, I don't know why. It sounds good in my headphones. Huh. How well, odd. It doesn't say we're interrupted anymore, but the video does look a little choppy. Okay. So. Well, you know, that's a, uh, that's a thing. Yeah. But we're, we're capturing all this, so even when we repost, it won't have that choppiness in it. So This is the thing. So not only is this going to be a Facebook Live thing, but it's also going to be an audio podcast uh, that you'll be able to download, uh, subscribe to. Uh, we're waiting on iTunes right now to review us, uh, and then you'll be able to get us on iTunes. Uh, I need to figure out how to do Android, um, but I haven't gotten there yet. Today I did iTunes, so we'll do, we'll do yeah, Android later. One piece at a time. <laughs> yeah. We'll do Android later, and then maybe we'll get to do uh, Windows Mobile sometime after that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> do people still, still use Windows Mobile? 
I want to come up with however many niche things we can talk about today, like Windows, <laughs> like Windows Mobile, yeah, yeah, Linux, or uh, yeah. <laughs> how many Linux users do we have out there? Um, all right, so let's get on with the show. We've we've talked about um, technical issues long enough. Uh, Colin, how was your week? Oh, it was it was all right. Kind of yeah. Kind of started off with the with the holiday weekend. I was able to take the dog out to the uh, Fort Worth Nature Preserve and get in uh, get in some hiking. So hadn't hadn't been out there before. They have a few. They're probably shorter, kind of more day hikes. Um, I think most are about you know mile and a half um, there and another mile and a half back. Where there's some loops. There was I think about a two and a half mile loop that I wanted to do, but it was it was closed. But it was it was nice enough weather. It was a little warm, but just bring plenty of water and snacks this, and stuff. And this dog's name is Rocco. Rocco, yeah, Rocco is a we think he's a half pit, half lab, so full of energy like a lab, but has has kind of the face and, and muscles of a of a pit bull. But he's he's super energetic, even though he's two and a half years old. And sounds like a rocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rock like the rocket, be a rocket. Be a, yeah, good, good, <laughs> a good nickname for him. Yeah, he's still got that that puppy energy. So, but he's he's got a backyard now, so he can get that out a lot more. A lot more easily than you just let him go for like <laughs> twenty minutes at a time. Just does he circle? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He runs in circles. He gets the zoomies real bad, and especially there if there's a, a squirrel out there, he'll <laughs> he'll go he'll go right for it. But that's that's the first time I've really kind of taken him actual hiking, uh, even though it wasn't too far away. It's about maybe twenty minutes northwest of here. And then on the way back home, I actually hit up our friends at a uh, false idol, um, kind of Northwich and Hills, kind of cut across that way. Had their uh, fest beer. Can't remember the name of it right now, but it was it was, it was pretty good. Just kind of a I think what, five and a half, six percent, just kind of easy drinkers since it's a little warm outside. So there you go. How did uh, how did Rocco do on the hike? Oh, uh, he seemed fine. We brought plenty of water and a, and a bowl for him, so he <laughs> he definitely definitely drank it up when we were taking breaks. But yeah, he did actually surprisingly well. There were a few other dogs on the trail and stuff too, uh, but he did fine. Normally he you know bolts and wants to go make friends. Not necessarily everyone wants to make friends with him. <laughs> Some people see the dog looks like a pit bull, and they, you know, naturally kind of kind of pull away. But right, does he? Um, yeah, does he look like? How how much more does he have to grow? Hopefully, not much more, <laughs> if any at all. I mean, he's yeah. last time we waited, he's about sixty pounds, so he's probably still around that weight. But I mean, he he thinks he's a lap dog too, so he tries to jump up and lay on you and try and get work done and stuff. But uh, I I am a staunch cat person. I prefer cats far more than I prefer dogs. If I were to have a dog, I would want it to be a gigantic lap dog, yeah. like Mastiff. <laughs> I'm thinking Mastiff, Mastiff and Great nothing Dane. smaller. Yeah. yeah, like Mastiff and Great Dane, and I want it to be a lap dog, and that's it. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me how I go from tiny cat to giant Mastiff, <laughs> and that's yeah. like what my preferences are. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Maybe it's a uh, <laughs> maybe it's like an extremes thing. Yeah, yeah. One, one or the other. <laughs> nothing in between. I either want like tiny, cute little fluff ball or just giant monster. But either way, I want them all to be able to cuddle with me. Yeah, and that's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all. That's all that I want. But like a big slobbering mastiff. Yeah, oh yeah. He's got the slobbery part down for yeah. sure. <laughs> I could do that for sure. Slobber is gross. I'll be honest with you. That's yeah. why I prefer cats. But if I have it a dog, that's that's yeah. what I would do. For sure. Mm. Well, how was how was your week? My week is good. We are getting ready uh, to can. We're going to start uh, mobile canning here pretty soon. And so, the uh, past couple weeks here in the brewery have been just getting ready for that. Um, just kind of stocking the tanks and, and making sure that all the beer is ready for for that. And so, 
uh, a lot of the times in the brew house, it can kind of be um, just madness, just chaos, just, you know, you've got 10 things to do in one day and every, every one of those 10 things is super time sensitive. Uh, and then there's like a week of just, uh, we're just kind of waiting for things to <laughs> kind of waiting for things to ferment and finish out. So, uh, that's, that's kind of been my last two weeks. Uh, I did a, uh, hazy IPA, uh, hazy IPA, uh, did that this week. Uh, and then also kind of finished up a, uh, Imperial Berliner. I got to use, I haven't told you this. I got to use the Kvike in the hazy IPA. Oh, nice. So I used the Kvike yeast strain, which is like a Norwegian Icelandic yeast strain um, that ferments at crazy high temperatures. Yeah, with, yeah, with none of the off flavors that some of the other kind of normal yeah. strains kind of use. So it's, especially here in Texas in the summer, it's it's pretty doable. <laughs> I'll be honest. I've heard a lot of people kind of talk, a lot of other brewers will talk about using the Kvike yeast strain. Uh, and so I'm, I'm familiar with it. I know that it ferments at, you know, 90 and 100 degrees Fahrenheit, which is like 20 and 30 degrees yeah. higher <laughs> than any <laughs> other yeast strain. That's way hot. And I know that it finishes in two to three days. I know that. But even going into it as I was pitching it, I was like, this is going to be a thing to where I won't fully know until I experience it myself. Yeah. And I, I pitched it at like uh, 40 degrees Celsius whatever that is in Fahrenheit. Now I can't make that. Eh, it's about a hundred. Mm-hmm. It's around a hundred degrees Fahrenheit. Um, yeah. And it was done in about two days and I'll wow. be honest, I don't know <laughs> why we don't do that all the time, yeah. <laughs> especially with this hazy IPA because it's already throwing some like stone fruit and pineapple flavors. Um, and it's finished really soon and it's a smooth drinker and it's, it's going to be ready. Nice. <laughs> like in no, no time at all. And that was a dry yeast, too, that we got from, was it Lollamond? Yeah, Lollamond. Um, I don't know how to say it. Uh, Lollamond? I've never, I'm not sure which one is the correct one, so we'll go with either one. Lollamond? Uh, Maybe it's like in Spanish with the double L's, like a Y. Lollamond. <laughs> <laughs> Yayamond. <laughs> <laughs> There's like, there have been a couple, through, through the shutdown, through quarantine, there have been a couple different companies who have uh, off, like, just generously donated products to breweries to try and get them to uh, just help start up again. Uh, and even more that did it through the black is beautiful mm-hmm. initiative. Um, so there were several different maltsters who were offering up malt for the black is beautiful. Uh, we were able to do ours because text malt donated mm-hmm. their malt to us. Big shout out to text malt. Uh, they want to come on the podcast soon. Cool. Um, was it Yakima chief or Hopsteiner who offered up free hops? Oh, I can't remember one of those two. Which one? Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, I think it was Hopsteiner. Anyway, um, so Lollamond, in order to help, they I think they called it like the Brew Again program or whatever. Yeah. I can't remember what they called it. But they were offering up two bricks of dry yeast uh, to breweries for free. All, all we had to do was sign up for it. It was limited quantity. I happened to beat out a couple local breweries for it. So, <laughs> boom. <laughs> Uh, but we got sure. we got an English strain and we got a uh, this Kvike strain, this Icelandic strain, um, and it's you know for those of you out there who are home brewers or who want to be home brewers or who are just beer nerds, this was the simplest thing. <laughs> I I brewed the wort. Uh, I knocked it down to like eighty degrees Celsius to do like a, a cold like a warm hop stand to add my whirlpool hops. 
Then I cooled it down to 40, pitched dry yeast, and it was done in three days. That's insane. Yep. <laughs> it, it, it felt like I was cheating. It, I, I got the same feeling that I, I got when I used the hops oil. <laughs> like, this is cheating. This isn't how this works. <laughs> this isn't how I was trained. This isn't how I was taught. Yeah. So, yeah, look for a, uh, a Kvike Hazy IPA strain coming out. Or Hazy IPA strain. Uh, hazy IPA beer coming out soon. Uh, name name yet to be known. Yeah, TBD. <laughs> yeah, name TBD. And then we got another beer with a name TBD. Um, but yeah, it's like did that. Uh, Labor Day was was pretty simple. Uh, as we mentioned last time, Rachel and I normally do uh, just some vegan barbecue stuff. Vegan feast. <laughs> vegan feast. And so yeah, I had some uh, some brats, some mac and cheese. Uh, you know, pretty pretty classic American fare. It was pretty good. Who do we got uh, shouting at us? Um, you know, no one else right now. Just kind of Cam giving us some audio feedback. But we've got a... We've got Cam, a can you hear still. me still? Or am I gone? I switched back. He hasn't... Last time he mentioned something was about seven minutes ago, saying that we were all good. So, Cam, if you don't give us feedback, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I, I won't know what to do with myself. <coughs> all right. So... One thing I would like to do uh, with this podcast and with this Facebook live stream, I hope that you can, I hope that you can see us. I know that my face is kind of covered up, but there's two reasons. One, that's for your benefit. <laughs> two, faces for radio. Two, that's so you can see us a little better. <laughs> we have faces for radio. Uh, we'll find a way to maybe make this a little bit of, you know, where we have a happy medium between both audio and visual. But for right now, I'm focused on the audio. Um, because I'm a podcast fan. I listen to podcasts uh, all the time, all day. Uh, one thing I would like to be able to do is have several different segments. Uh, give it up to Amanda and Colin uh, to be able to kind of have their own segments, and kind of break this, uh, break the show down in a couple different segments. Uh, these segments can be uh, fun. They can be educational. They can be fun educational. Uh, and we don't have to like stick by them, right? Like we can have like one segment one time. Believe me, I'm going to come up with some crazy ideas <laughs> for some segments. Shows, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be it's going to be absolutely wild. Um, but in an effort to kind of figure out what sort of segments we're going to be doing, and at this point too, like please give us your feedback if you have segments that you want us to do. If there's anything you want to know about Funky Picnic or the people who work, who create, who are Funky Picnic, let us know. But one thing I want to do is I want to do a getting to know you. Now this might, this is going to be a real intimate time just between you and I, Colin. <laughs> okay. This okay. was going to be, <laughs> it was going to be already pretty fun yeah, with, ready, with the yeah. three of us, but now it's just <laughs> you and me. And so this is going to be like severe first date vibes. Uh, so I've, I've come up with some questions to get to know Colin's read. So, Colin, and, and through this, we're going to try and figure out what, you know, what your strengths are okay. <laughs> and how we, can create, how we can create segments around your natural proclivities. We're going to get a bunch of random segments if this is how we're determining segments. Yes, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. It needs to be random. It needs to be fun. It needs to be keep, keep everybody on their toes. So I have given Colin these questions ahead of time, so he was able to think about them. Yes, I don't have them written down, so it's not like I'm going to be uh, yeah. reading them. So, and I'm not sure if I had, if I answered all of them. Some of these might be a little bit more on the fly, just because some of these, they're a little esoteric, but. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I encourage spontaneity. Uh, but full disclosure, I really did Google like getting to know you <laughs> good, questions. Good uh, interview questions. If you were a so, tree, yeah. yeah, no. If you were a tree, that sounds like yeah. If you were a tree, would you be Treebeard and would you be Lord of the Rings or something? I don't know. All right. So, Colin. <clears throat> What could you give a 40-minute presentation on with zero presentation? So with, with some of these questions, I tried to steer away from beer because I could probably have a beer answer for all of these. <laughs> uh, right. So, But in, in, the, in the sense of, of trying to make it more random and a little bit more diverse, I did not answer beer on all of these questions. Um, <laughs> so I appreciate I kinda, that. Yeah, yeah I, could, I could easily just yeah, <laughs> do that for all, for all of these, but then it wouldn't be that interesting. Um, so yeah, so you know, zero preparation, forty-minute presentation. Um, first thing that came to mind that wasn't beer um, was kind of a helicopter kind of mechanics and aerodynamics. Uh, so if if you don't know me, um, actually my uh, my day job is uh, an engineer at uh, Bell Helicopter, kind of on the east side of Fort Worth. So I have a degree in aerospace engineering, and I've been there just a little over ten years. So a lot of my non-beer kind of day-to-day stuff uh, revolves a lot around that. So. I could I could talk your ear off on beer and and helicopters if you want me to. <laughs> I think I remember I remember the day that I realized that I could have been talking to you about helicopters this entire time, <laughs> and there was such a such a sense of regret <laughs> because I can't remember you were talking to somebody else and I was like within earshot and you're just like oh yeah the such and such does this <laughs> blah, blah, blah. and you were talking about a helicopter that did like a loop de loop. Yeah, yeah. That one of wasn't the, supposed to. Oh, yeah, well, none of them are supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> you avoid a lot of warranties if you do. Uh, yeah. But yeah, oh yeah, there's there's some videos out there if you go to yeah, if you go to YouTube. Uh, but one of the more interesting ones, yeah, Google, go to YouTube and search for a V22 uh, loop. Uh, that's one of the the tilt rotors that goes from kind of an airplane mode to helicopter mode and mid-flight. And that's insane. Definitely not supposed to do those, but apparently they can. So <laughs> they were not designed to do that. I'll, 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 do, I'll say that for sure. <laughs> Ever the company man, I appreciate that. <laughs> that I grew, I grew up doing uh, like model airplanes. Like that, mm-hmm. that was my my hobby: model airplanes, model helicopters. Like the Apache was like the one that I mm-hmm. I fucking love. Excuse yeah. me, I love the Apache. <laughs> uh, eh, put the explicit tag on this one. Yeah. Um, I love the Apache, and so I <laughs> I couldn't believe that it took me <laughs> like a year, over a year. To realize I could have been talking to you about <laughs> helicopters this entire time, and I wouldn't have known anything. I'd just just tell me about yeah. rotor speed or something, <laughs> just anything, and I'll just sit there and just soak it all up, and it would be great. Um, Colin, what is one of your favorite smells? Um, so I am a big sweets and dessert person. Nice. So any... Any kind of dessert that goes in the oven and creates a you know a lot of uh, aromatics and stuff. So apple pie, brownies, anything like that. And my wife Taylor, when we were when we were dating, she made me a lot of desserts, and I may have gained quite a few pounds <laughs> from that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely something yeah sweeter in the in the culinary world. I definitely like that, especially kind of coming home to something like that. It's just kind of it's kind of a, in the emotional sense in that too, because you're you know kind of childhood memories and. Mm. stuff around that and just having a uh, big sweet tooth myself did your mom so. do a lot of sweets yeah oh yeah yeah my mom yeah cooked a lot growing up okay. so what about those chocolate no-bake cookies you know what i'm talking about or like yeah no-bake cookies with the with the chocolate and the peanut butter and the oats oh yeah you just kind of yeah you kind of roll them together and, yeah yeah well my, I, w- I would eat raw cookie dough so yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
No, nah, but I would too, though. And I have on many occasions. And, uh, well, yeah, that's another story for another therapist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, sweets, you're a sweet person. For desserts, yes. On the okay. beer side, not so much. I don't really do the... Uh, the uh, pastry stouts or the uh, what is it, the cheesecake Berliner Weiss okay. triple fruit. I, my uh, my wife went to Denver somewhat recently and brought back. I think it was uh, Weldworks like triple berry cheesecake and mm. opened up one and took one sip and like nope nope not <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna do this. <laughs> I was about to say if that's the case, have I got a beer for you <laughs> right there in the brewery? Yeah, <laughs> nice and super sweet. Was the uh, so we did a Sopapilla cheesecake beer. Uh, last for for Texas Independence Day, I think. Yeah, it was, was so around that time. Was that? Yeah, like early March. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say I was thinking yeah March, but in the yeah, before guess, times. Yeah, yeah, a week or two, I guess, before everything hit. Yeah, in the before March second. Yeah, was that a uh, yeah? Thank you for remembering yeah. <laughs> Texas Independence Day is March second. Absolutely. Was that was that too sweet for you? I think that was kind of on the verge. Like I could probably have maybe a ten ouncer of it, but probably not much more than that. Okay. Because I think that finished at around ten Play-Doh. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was pretty high. This new fruited Berliner is going to finish at around seven Play-Doh. Oh wow! <laughs> so we do have a craft beer for every taste, whether it's ours a, or not. Well, exactly. <laughs> this is the thing I want everybody to know. Funky Picnic has a craft beer for every taste. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's for our taste, <laughs> but it's a craft beer for every taste, and and that means these great fruited Berliners that we're doing. <laughs> these are great. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's move on to the next question. What do you hope never changes? Is that one of mine or is that? Nope, that's one of Amanda's. Okay, that's what I said. I'm like, I didn't prepare for that one. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> what bends your mind every time you think about it? Um, so this will also show you how nerdy I am. One of the things I kind of came up with for this question is the, the Dunning-Kruger effect. Are you familiar with that? Oh, I think in name only. So that's where you know, when you first start learning something, you think you know a lot about it. So there's actually this, yes. this kind of chart for it. And then the more you learn kind of after that first peak, you realize how much you don't know. <laughs> and then you get to a certain point where you don't think you know anything. And then you learn a little bit more beyond that. And then you kind of start to kind of go back up the curve. So that's kind of one of those things. It's, I know when I was first started getting into beer, you know, I read like one or two books. And I'm like, oh, I know everything. And then you kind of get to that third and fourth book and you start studying for some of these exams and your stuff. And you're like, I don't know anything. <laughs> so kind of, yeah, it's kind of one of those things. It's from the beginning. Yeah. You might read a few articles and think you're an expert on something, but then yeah, you start digging a little further and realize there's topics and subtopics of subtopics and kind of start going down rabbit holes and realizing there's all these little individual things that you, you didn't know. And so I think you can easily, easily do that with beer for sure. I feel like that's my entire experience with Reddit. <laughs> is everything that I everything I do on Reddit is I'll I'll just kind of dip my toe into something, and it's almost always like a um, well, it's it's almost always like a Reddit thing, like this you know small kind of niche community, or you know just this small group of people, or this idea, or this thought, or this mentality that I just don't know about, and I'll probably spend an hour on a Saturday in bed while Rachel's sleeping, just mm-hmm. reading about it. Well, you'll be on the same thread, too, because a lot of those, they can take these yes. right turns. So you yes. might be a, you know, a funny dog video, and then all of a sudden they're <laughs> talking about, yeah. Yes. The most random thing that's nowhere near related to dogs, but because someone made some sarcastic comment about something else, someone's like, well, actually this, and then someone argues against them and says they're wrong, and then 
yes. about 20 comments them going back and forth and <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and then i'm just i'm just waiting for rachel to wake up so i can say oh my god can <laughs> I, I have to stop yeah. can i tell you what i just learned <laughs> and yeah and it's like and it's always a i'm i'm a i'm a pro about this now because i just spent an hour on reddit <laughs> learning <laughs> learning about this thing and I'm trying to come up with a good example now, and I can't come up with one, but this happens all the oh, time. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. You'll lay back down at night and like, oh, this would have been perfect. I should yeah. Have, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm the, I'm the same way. But that is like, yeah, that is that is my experience with beer 100%. Is whenever I went to uh, to school in Vermont uh, to, to learn about beer and study, study brewing, um, I went into it thinking, yeah, I, I can do this. I can be a yeah. brewer. Uh, foolishly thinking, yeah, I can be a brewer. One of the stupidest things I ever said, and I'll share this with you now, one of the stupidest things I ever said was, I want to be the barefoot brewer. (laughs) (laughs) And like, whoever I said that to should have slapped me (laughs) and said there's no way that's ever going to happen. Because that's a no-foot brewer after a while. (laughs) Yeah, that's a dumb, (laughs) dumb idea. That's just... It's just bad. It's bad. And so that's, that's the person I was. That's, that's who I was going to Vermont to learn how to brew. <laughs> Is I'm going to be the barefoot brewer. And then I learned how much I don't know. Yeah. And every day <laughs> is more and more of, well, I don't know that. Yeah. I don't I'm know that. It up. Yeah. But honestly, like, that's what I love about brewing. That's, that's the thing that keeps me interested in beer and in brewing is I don't know it all and nobody else knows it all. Like even the smartest person, even the the person who has the most experience, even the person who has the most expertise in a thing about brewing, say the person who knows the most about fermentation bio, like biology or biochemistry, doesn't know about hot biochemistry. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, there's so many rabbit holes you can go down and. Right. There's always something to dig into. There's always something to learn more about. and if my mind decides to take a left turn and, and say, we're not learning about fermentation anymore, it's like, all right, cool. I'm learning about malting biochemistry now. Like, yeah. There's always something else. Yeah. And that's also what I like about the industry is everyone's willing to help everybody else. So even if you're yeah. not the expert in that, I mean, I've even seen some of the, just the industry Facebook pages. Someone's like, hey, I don't know anything about this topic. And then 10 minutes later, you've got 20 comments and, you know, yeah. they're all resources, links to articles or videos and books. And yep. so that's what's great about Reddit. Another thing for Reddit, too, right there. <laughs> it all comes back to Reddit. <laughs> it all comes back to Reddit. Go to uh, shout out to the brewery yeah. on uh, on Reddit. All right. Uh, question number four. We've got two more questions left. Question number four. Name a guilty pleasure artist. So my guilty pleasure artist. I'm not sure how random this is or not, but are you familiar with Girl Talk at all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm familiar with <laughs> okay. Girl Talk. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because it's because it's interesting. Because if you're not familiar with Girl Talk, he's really he doesn't have any original music in the sense that he didn't write the music, but he takes a lot of kind of pop music and kind of rap and hip hop and kind of kind of combines them all together. And they're not necessarily tracks, even though I guess they are tracks on the uh, the albums, but they all kind of run into each other. So you really don't listen to one at a time. You listen to a whole album that's, you know, an hour and a half long. But kind of why I call it kind of a guilty pleasure listening because I really don't listen to a lot of kind of pop or top 40 and don't really listen to a lot of kind of rap and hip hop, but like, those two kind of intersected together in the way he kind of combines them all. Uh, just for some reason, it just creates kind of an hour and a half long kind of earworm in a sense. And, <laughs> and I mean, even like, even when he's live, cause I, I think he was at ACL one year I was there 
It's like he's not out there creating music. Like he literally just has, you know, turntables, but he's got, I think it was like a leaf blowers, but he attached rolls of toilet paper on the end. So, he, you know, they turn them yeah. on and start shooting out and there's confetti everywhere and giant beach balls and stuff. So even though he's not literally playing music on stage, it's still just one big party and everyone's jumping <laughs> around and stuff. And it's, it's he still puts on, you know, a, a really good show. So I love Girl Talk so much. And it's been a minute since I've listened to him. Um, but there... I'm, I'm ashamed to say there are several songs that I only know from Girl Talk, like mm-hmm. like pop hits, like classic rock hits. I only know them from Girl Talk. Um, and now I'm not going to remember the name of it. Um, there's the one that's like, oh, baby, I'm a city. Oh, that's Sticks. Yeah, it's Sticks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's something by Sticks. And, <laughs> yeah. and then it comes in with a rap song. Yeah. That I can't say right now because it's all bad yeah. words. Oh, yeah. And that's the only, that's my point of reference for that song, for yeah. that stick song, <laughs> is like girl talk. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, so great. Yeah. And every time I put it on, people say, it's just this, it's just one song. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, just, yeah. It all kind of goes into song. the next because it's weird. Yeah. When it comes up on Spotify or whatever, they're trying to play just that one song. And it's really weird because the front sounds like it's chopped off and so does the back. Yeah. But all of his music is on his website. It's he's always had kind of a, a pay what you want kind of model. So if you want to pay five bucks for an album or ten bucks, uh, yeah. he's always kind of been open. And I want to say he's like a I can't remember. If he's like a biomedical engineer or something. Like he's, he has like that. an actual day job where he's like an engineer or has some kind of office job or something. And he just does this on the side. And I'm assuming he just takes a few months off, you know, to go tour. And <laughs> so I can see that. He also does a. He also does one where it's Metallica's one mm-hmm. with the uh, my lip gloss is popping. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. The, yeah, the drum fills. My lip gloss is popping. My lip gloss is cool. It's so it's so so good. And like and even then like it's not just oh yeah it's not just like classic rock with modern hip hop tracks. Like every now and then he'll throw in something that's just just good. Mm-hmm. Like something that's like from the early mid, you know, early to mid two thousands, or just some some random track, something that you know he just respects. Like there's one where he throws in uh, some of Montreal. Mm-hmm. He like throws in a, like an of Montreal track in there that's not either classic or new. It's just just a good track, you yeah. know. Oh, I love Girl Talk. Girl Talk <laughs> is good. That is that makes me happy that you yeah, say yeah. that. <laughs> I think next time you come back in the brewery, I'm going to be listening to Girl Talk. <laughs> For sure. All right, last question. There are two types of people in this world. In your opinion, what are the two types? So this was this was probably the one that I had the the hardest time trying to answer. So I'm gonna This is a good one. I'm gonna it's not mine. I'm gonna first answer it with, with one of my favorite jokes, and once again this will show you how nerdy I am and, and maybe <laughs> maybe my answer to your question is people who understand this joke and people who don't, but um, there are uh, <laughs> ten types of people in this world, those who understand binary and those who don't. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nerdy, and I get it. I understand that one. <laughs> I saw a picture on Reddit the other day that was like, there's two types of people in this world, people who can... It said there's two types of people in this world. One, people who can deduce from context clues. And then that was it. <laughs> it was perfect. It's like, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I got it, yeah. All right, so what's your real answer, though? Enough, enough of this joking. What's your real answer? Oh, man. I'm trying to think. 
uh, one of one of the ideas that I kind of keep coming back to, and and this is kind of kind of influenced from my wife. She's there's a, one of the authors she reads a lot is Gretchen Rubin, and she has kind of this. It's kind of like the Enneagram, but it's uh, it's the mm. four the four types, and I'm probably should have listened a little bit closer. But I know like part <laughs> of it is you know how how much of it are you you know a rule follower um, versus you know you kind of chart your own way because I'm trying to think there's four different types one's like a rebel where they're not you know they kind of because I'm trying to think because there's two axes one is I think you know you follow rules because they're rules and then kind of the opposite of that but the other one is do you have internal versus external expectations mm. um, so based on those you know there's kind of four quadrants um, but yeah kind of the I mean I guess that would be kind of taking that question kind of if you were to multiply that kind of how do you fit on the spectrum there so I'm like I'm very much a a rural follower, and that's you know probably how I end up being an engineer. It's like okay, well, if there's all these you know physics yes. properties that say this and that, and there's always one answer. Where yes. my wife um, is a little bit on the opposite end of that, and she's a she's a social worker, so she works more on kind of the emotional aspect, where there's a lot of gray areas and stuff too. So I think maybe that's what it is. It's kind of more you know kind of do you understand things kind of cut and dry, or you kind of maybe work more a little more in the gray area. It's mm. probably a better way to put that. I like that. I am very much a rule follower who struggles with gray, <laughs> struggles with gray area very, very much. And I, I feel like it's probably like internal forces that are like causing me to be like a rule follower. Yeah. So I think that kind of, and then I, I've, I've sat in on one of the presentations she gave, but I have not yeah. read the actual books, but yeah, I think that might be kind of more the internal you know, motivation versus yeah. external motivation. And yeah, for sure. Hmm. Rule follower, yeah. Gretchen Rubin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think her first book is The Four Tendencies, and I think I know she at least has a second book there. I'm not sure she has a third. But. Okay. All right. That has been getting to know Collins Reed. Should I come up with questions for you for uh, next time? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cool. Let I'll me uh, let me let me prepare. Uh, do we have any comments that we need to pay attention no, to? No, no comments right now. We only actually have one viewer. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and that might be my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Not even my wife is watching. Uh, you know, I can't tell who's viewing. Uh, it just it just shows me one uh, number one next to the little eyeball up here. So okay, not sure <laughs> who that. Oh, you know what though? <laughs> that might be me watching. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Wait, wait, we're up to two now. <laughs> That's right. This is also going to be a podcast that we'll load up later. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> There's only one person. Hey, it's so fine. Yeah, thanks, thanks to our new viewer. <laughs> this is good. Hello, new viewer. Thank you for <laughs> randomly stumbling upon, randomly stumbling upon what we're doing. All right. So, uh, speaking of segments, uh, one segment that uh, Colin wants to try and is going to try is the style breakdown. So introduce this segment to us a little bit. Yeah, so kind of the idea behind this is to take a specific style or maybe a sub-style or maybe more of a general grouping of styles and kind of kind of break it down. You know, what, what do people mean when they describe these certain aspects of the style? Just kind of, uh, you know, start off with maybe a little bit of an overview, kind of see what the BJCP says, which is the Beer Judge Certification Program. They actually set the definitions for what style should be more on the homebrew side. Uh, they actually have, I think, a handful more of the styles than what kind of the um, Brewers Association puts out, which is for more of the professional side. Um, 
So, and both have quite a bit of overlap, but sometimes there's a little bit of difference, but kind of kind of bring it back to beer, you know, a little bit. And, and the idea kind of behind this is kind of keep it seasonal. So, you know, today I, I wanted to kind of talk about Oktoberfest styles, uh, since that's kind of what beer we just released and um, pretty much everyone else around us and around the country and the world um, have just released, because I've seen a lot of um, a lot of discussion on some of the, um, either the, the homebrew or some of the, um, kind of more local regional uh, craft beer Facebook pages on just talking about styles and really what some of the terminology means and some of the misconceptions out there. Um, so to kind of kind of break it down, as I said, um, Oktoberfest styles, plural. Um, Oktoberfest isn't necessarily a style. Uh, it usually refers to one of two styles. Uh, so the first one is um, Merzen, um, which actually literally means March beer. Uh, it's actually traditionally brewed in March and then lagered until about the fall season. And I'll go in a little bit more detail on that, but I kind of want to introduce the, the other sub-style um, is uh, Fest beer, um, which um, kind of implies, um, you know, celebration um, and, and whatnot from there. Um, so really kind of where this kind of came out of um, is the actual Oktoberfest um, in Munich, Germany. So just a little, uh, little bit of background on there. Um, an annual festival in Munich, uh, usually held over a two-week period, ending on the first Sunday in October. Uh, it originally originated on October 12th, 1810, uh, in celebration of the marriage of the Crown Prince of Bavaria uh, to a Princess, I'm going to butcher this name really bad, but Princess Therese von Saxon Hildeburghausen. There you go. Um, marrying the, the Prince of Bavaria, uh, who would later become uh, King Louis I. Um, and it is tradition, and this is so so since, and they've been doing it every year, and I think it's usually followed by a, a horse race as well. Um, but typically, the mayor of Munich actually taps the the first keg at the festival. Um, there's usually over more than six million people there per year, and they drink about two million gallons of beer. Um, and if it were to happen this year, it actually um, would be five days from now. Uh, I, I think they they canceled it this year. There might be some virtual component. I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm sure there will. Um, so. But uh, that being said, um, originally um, of these two styles, the uh, the Merzen, um was actually originally drank at the festival. Um, they're usually credited to around 1870. Um, so I didn't really see any documentation on what it was kind of between 1810 and 1870. Um, but really since then, that's kind of more of what they drank. Um, and it wasn't until about 1990 when they kind of started shifting over to fest beer. Um, and kind of the reason for a lot of that is, well, I'll go a little bit deeper here into some of what these styles actually mean. Uh, Fest beer tends to be um, a little bit lighter in color, a little bit less um, kind of toasty, caramely flavors, and um, a little bit less bitterness. So it's easier to drink um, at a festival, especially large amounts because they serve in these giant liter, liter steins. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so kind of the, the basic details of these two, kind of the Meriton, uh per the BJCP is, you know, 55 to 6.3% ABV. Uh, the bitterness, which is measured in uh, international bittering units, or IBUs, is uh, 18 to 24. And the color is generally kind of amber-orange to deep reddish color. So they use a lot more of kind of the darker kind of caramel malts. Um, and really just kind of the overview from BJCP is just an elegant, multi German amber longer with a clean, rich, toasty, and bready malt flavor, restrained bitterness, and a dry finish. Um, and then kind of looking at the Fest beer, you'll actually notice a lot of these technical details are actually very similar to the Meritzen, where it's the same, 5.8 to 6.3%. Uh, the IBUs are 
you know, slightly higher, but it's more of a deep yellow to deep gold. Um, and it's really a smooth, clean, pale German lager with a moderately strong multi flavor and a light hop character. Um, but really, when you're com- comparing the two, even though, you know, the technical details are almost the same, the Meritzen kind of comes across as a little bit fuller because you have those more kind of deep, rich, kind of bready and, and malty flavors. Um, and even, even the, the body, the, you know, the, the final gravities, the, the Meritzen tends to be a little bit heavier, even though it is the same ABV. Um, and it has, you know, less, less bitterness than the, than the Fest beer on there. So um, generally speaking, if you're only looking at the numbers, you know, they're very similar but yeah, the festival is going to be a little bit easier to drink, um, you know, a little bit more bitterness, um, but yeah, a lot easier to, to drink. And kind of another fact about the Oktoberfest in Munich, they only allow six German breweries to actually brew beer for the festival. So they're very restrictive, um, but you'll probably recognize most, if not all of these names. So it's uh, Spaten, Lohenbrau, August Steiner, Hofbrau, Hackershore, and Polaner. Um, and then even... Um, We've kind of been blessed with this style here in DFW. We actually have a lot of breweries that have won some medals. So I think uh, RAR got, um, let's see, a, a gold in 2018 for the Meritzen, a silver in 2017, and another gold in 2015. And then uh, Oak Highlands actually got a bronze in 2018 for the for the Meritzen style. But what, uh, what? Yeah. So, but yeah, usually if you see something labeled Oktoberfest, at least in the U.S., it's more likely to be a Meritzen than a Fest beer. But it's always good to kind of kind of look up the details and know kind of which one you're you're actually getting there. Well, and St. Arnold has an Oktoberfest. Yeah, that's not yeah. a Meritzen. Yeah, yeah, they've actually <laughs> won I think at least two medals actually for their um, what they call an Oktoberfest, but yeah, for the, the Scottish yeah Scottish ale, which is style. interesting. Which is interesting. Why do you think? Because um, this is this is one of my favorite times of year. Um, you know, not not just, you know, with the weather changing and, and all that entails, but, you know, in terms of drinking, this is something, especially here in, in Texas, uh, a lot of breweries will come out with their Oktoberfest beer, um, either because they're just because of the, the German heritage and the German roots or, or whatever. But why do you think that we're so focused on Meritzen styles and not Fest beer styles? Um, that's actually a good question. I would I would maybe say just kind of name recognition. I would I would almost say yep. because, I mean, if you look at their packaging though, no one necessarily puts Meritzen on there though. They just say Oktoberfest. Um, so and I think maybe you know for the more common consumer, you know they, you know, if they see that and they have a beer poured, you know, if it's a more of a gold lager, you might get kind of confused with all the other kind of styles. Mm-hmm. If all they know is it's a lager and it's gold color, they're like, well. How is this different from all the other golden lagers that I'm drinking where having that kind of more amber color, more of a kind of the toasty, bready profile kind of maybe sets it apart a little bit more. Right. So in fall kind of evokes kind of, you know, slightly kind of stronger and warmer beers. So maybe kind of as, as it cools down a bit, you know, that's kind of what you're more expecting. And then the name says October in it. So you have to release it in, you know, September, October. So that's true. Yeah. We've been on that Oktoberfest creep for a minute. Uh, yeah, <laughs> where yeah, people are starting to release their Oktoberfest beers as early as late July. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, and I, I, I love that. I, I wouldn't do it, and I'm not going to buy an Oktoberfest in July. Mm-hmm. But I love that because I think that there's not much more like that's so Texan, right? 
to yeah. just like in July, we're like, yeah, it's going to be cold soon. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not it. cold. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be like yeah. 60. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's coming. I swear to God, it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh, like I was talking to, to Sam the other day about uh, hoodie and short weather. Yeah. Like hoodie and short weather is the best weather <laughs> because you don't know which one it's going to be. You just put a hoodie on because yeah. darn it, yeah. you're wearing a hoodie. <laughs> But it's too hot, so you got shorts on too. Yeah, yeah, just like, just balance it out. Yeah, Oktoberfest is like the hoodie and short beer. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> not me. it's not too light, but it's not too heavy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, well, and that's the other thing too. As we were kind of you know launching our Oktoberfest, Prostoberfest, excuse me, um, and like writing the descriptions out for it and and figuring out how we were going to kind of sell it and market it one of the things I kept coming back to is this pairs well with so many great autumn foods. Oh yeah. Right. So anything that's anything that's smoked, anything that's kind of heavier, anything that's cheesy, you know, like what do you think pairs well with an Oktoberfest? Yeah. So, I mean, kind of, kind of going back to the rules of kind of beer and food pairing, you know, kind of, kind of take some of the elements from the beer and try to find that in your food. Um, so even even you know, even going outside of Oktoberfest beers, maybe even extending it to just kind of generic amber lagers or even kind of Vienna lagers, you know, something that has that kind of similar kind of bready uh, kind of toasted flavor. So really like anything kind of fried. So I mean, you could go you know fried chicken, you could go um, you know schnitzel, you know some a lot of those more you know, traditional German foods that are you know kind of fatty and fried, and especially if it's you know, if it's a little bit on the sweeter side, you know, a little bit higher ABV, you can go with a kind of a, you know, kind of a, a fattier food kind of on top of that uh, as well. Mm. So, yeah, just kind of kind of playing off those kind of toasty, bready notes in there. I mean, that's that's the great thing about beer. You and I both know, and it, it's something that Garrett Oliver talks about all the time, is just how there's so many different flavors in beer that will pair well with food flavors and so anything that there's or anytime that there is like a, a heavy a fatty an oily a grease or i don't know I'm, I'm using the using poor words to describe but anytime there's like a heavy fatty you know rich dish rich is a better way to say it yeah you know yeah there's a beer that you can use to to complement that yeah either from the alcohol from the bitterness or from the effervescence yeah yes yeah, so yeah even yeah you even know. the non-flavor components of that i mean if you have a yeah. super heavy dish like even a pasta dish that has a super thick sauce on it. if you have a beer with a super high carbonation like a belgian golden strong or a triple right. or even a you know a hefeweizen or something it's going to lift a lot of that heavy cream sauce kind of off your palate uh, and kind of cleanse it for kind of that, that next sip so it's not all necessarily about the actual flavors there's other components of the beer that can help kind of determine the, the different pairing characteristics with it mm. now, i don't want to bring it down but i had a bottle of collectives uh, amber saison in my house the other day and I paired it with, um, some, uh, Gobi Manchurian. So like, uh, like fried cauliflower Ooh, and okay. like this rich, like Indian sauce. Ooh. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> it yeah, was that's, so, so that's what I like about, yeah. Kind of saisons, especially if there's some kind of bread funkiness to it. Cause it yeah. kind of the spices from the yeast play really well with heavy dishes, especially, uh, yeah, especially Indian food. Yeah. It was so, delicious. And there's a lot of, yeah, well, they, yeah, they use a lot of kind of clove and allspice and kind mm-hmm. of cardamom. And so, yeah, that's, man, that sounds really good. Yeah, it was really good. So if, you're happen, if you happen to be sitting on a bottle of <laughs> collectives, <laughs> collectives, suspicious, delicious, uh, order you up some, uh, some Indian yeah. food. <laughs> it's great. I've, I've asked 
three different people from Collective if I can have the suspicious delicious recipe. <laughs> and they've all said yes. <laughs> I just haven't done it yet. <laughs> but that's one beer that needs to continue to live. Like that, yeah. I'll, I'll call it suspicious delicious. Yeah. I don't know. I, it, <laughs> the beer just needs to continue to live on because uh, it's it's a fantastic beer. Uh, are we the only ones watching this? Um, I think so. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Then we will move on. So, what do we have happening in the next couple of weeks? So, we've got canning. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about that. So, we're going to be releasing um, Mexican Lager, La Raza, mm-hmm. uh, Coasters. Coasters! <laughs> uh, Pilsner. And Funny Accent, our ESB, uh, in 12-ounce cans Yep. Uh, at the end of the month. Uh, we'll actually be uh, canning them on the 25th. Uh, that's been a fun project. And uh, later on, I think we'll probably do uh, a couple others. Uh, but those are going to be our, our first three. Yeah. Uh, and then we're also going to release them in combo packs. Yeah, yeah two well. of each. Yeah. Two of each. Uh, so that'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, it's been really interesting for me to kind of see how... Um, you know, how these beers have kind of been selling. I, originally, when we first put the Pilsner on, it did not sell that well at all. Uh, and it's kind of picked up. Mexican lager has always been number yeah, one. Yeah, number one seller all it, the time. <laughs> yeah. As soon as it went on, it was number one seller. Uh, and ESB was number one seller, too, for a long time. And so I think that that's um, a really good mix, especially as we're going into, like, kind of colder weather. Um, I think that'll be a really good mix of, mm-hmm. uh, of beers that we have, beers that we have coming up. Um, I spent a little bit of time today getting ready for the canning run, uh, just kind of running some new hose lines, uh, getting ready for that. We've got uh, working with staff to figure out who can come. This is the thing. For larger breweries, I've, I've done this before in other breweries that I've worked at. I've, I've run canning lines before, but they were built for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, is, this is new for us. You know, we're, we're a smaller operation. We never really, I don't think we ever really plan on 12 ounce cans no no not initially no i think we originally just wanted to be uh crowlers yeah Um, and so yeah going kind of pivoting from you know the what we had or what we had originally planned for into oh now we're going to bring in a mobile canning line into our uh modestly sized brewery yeah (laughs) (laughs) our our cozy brewery We'll, we'll make it fit We'll make it. We'll make it fit. There, there is room for it, but it will be tight. <laughs> it will be tight. Uh, but that's going to be very exciting. Um, one, just to be able to see these really, really cool labels uh, that Sean, the artist, mm-hmm. Gregor, the artist, yeah. uh, has he come up with. Names, yeah. He has many, many names, and he hates all of them. Yeah. He prefers to just be Sean. <laughs> but we we give him a lot of nicknames. Uh, but it's going to be really cool to see those labels kind of come off the line. It's going to be a lot of fun to uh, shotgun a coasters. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, in addition to just being able to, to sell you uh, sell you some 12-ounce cans. Yeah, I think that's yeah main reason for that. We've had a lot of people say, oh, 32-ounce crowler is kind of a yeah. lot for one sitting unless you're splitting it at least two ways. So kind of, kind of listening to some of that and just yeah, being able to do 12-ounce cans, I think we'll... Well, especially if we're supposed to be so, uh, social distancing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, <laughs> you don't want to. <laughs> let's all take a sip of the 30, yeah. 32 ounce crowler. Uh, let's see. And then 
we got a couple new beers coming out um, in the next couple weeks. So this week, we have an Imperial Berliner uh, with strawberry puree coming out. Both of these beers that are coming out, we don't have names for. Or two of the three coming out, we don't have names for. I've got, a, I've got ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've, if you've been following us, you know that our names are kind of what set us apart. <laughs> our, names are, <laughs> our names are pretty ridiculous. But that's what I like about them. Yeah. I don't oh, know. yeah. Well, they're memorable. Yeah. They're memorable. You can always come up with another or beer you name. You can remember some of the words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. They're memorable in the sense of, oh, my God, I can't believe that they named a beer that. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so I don't have a name for this one yet. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Five Iron Frenzy. So I want to <laughs> name all of the beers a Five Iron Frenzy thing, <laughs> which is like an old punk ska band from the late 90s early 2000s uh look them up five iron frenzy never die um so we've got the imperial berliner with strawberry uh a new hazy coming out that we talked about with the gavike uh and then a italian pilsner uh that we brewed in collaboration with black cat yeah uh, black cat next pizza door. next door uh which is a lot of fun i didn't know until i did some research that uh, an Italian Pilsner is mostly just a dry hopped Pilsner, mm-hmm. uh, according to you know a couple, couple internet websites, <laughs> as, opposed, on Reddit. No. as opposed to <laughs> other websites. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like the the person credited for creating the style, um, I can't remember his name, <coughs> said he wanted to brew a German Pilsner but treat it like a cask ale, uh, so just you know brew a grape pilsner and then dry hop it. Uh, and then of course in the Italian style, um, just pay homage to great ingredients, mm-hmm. you know, so make sure that the ingredients stand out, um, and that, you know, you, you give proper shrift to the, you know, four ingredients that go in this thing. Yeah. Um, so we did that mostly, uh, but then we also added oak chips. Mm-hmm. So there's like an <laughs> oak chip, dry hop pilsner kind of thing yeah uh that i'm pretty happy about uh it comes in at like four and a half percent um i can't remember the ibus now but it's a pilsner so it's not gonna be crazy yeah um but yeah we'll be uh, uh, uh selling that here in the next two weeks i think uh not this week but next week uh and that one is called uh beer de yeah <laughs> which is beer for cats in italian <laughs> and that was collins yeah and that's a great name, and I appreciate that name. Uh, but, yeah, the new Hazy doesn't have a name, and the Imperial Berliner with Strawberry doesn't have a name. I want to call the Hazy <laughs> Cool Enough for You a Five Iron Frenzy reference, <laughs> and I don't know what to call. I, I Earlier today, <laughs> I wanted to call the Imperial Berliner in the beginning was the hype, <laughs> which is another Five Iron Frenzy reference. Oh, I was just thinking just a but backed up know. style. But yeah, in the, in the beginning was the hype. But then again, I feel like, uh, you know, I'm letting my feelings come through. I don't need to let my feelings come through. It can just be a fun name. Yeah. It can just be a fun name. But yeah. Colin, this has been fun. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Anything else we need to plug? Um, I'm trying to think. Do we need to talk to anybody over here. I do not see any questions coming in. So um, if you do have any questions, submit them now or else... Uh, or else that's it. We're at uh, we're at fifty minutes. We can either call it early, or we can count to sixty ten times. 
<laughs> Depends how fast we get. I yeah. suggest <laughs> calling it early. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than boring all of you. Um, so, yeah, our, our next uh, podcast is going to be on the 28th, uh, September 28th. So we will have our cans by then. We will have our cans by then, and we'll probably show them yeah. to you. <laughs> we'll probably present them. Um, they'll, be, they'll be fresh by that point. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to us uh, at least through iTunes. Uh, mm-hmm. Google coming up very soon. Um, check us out on uh, Facebook Live. You can rewatch this. Obviously, you know how Facebook works. Yeah. I'm just a dad telling you things now. <laughs> and we'll host a link on our website to yeah. redirect you where the podcasts will live. So. Absolutely. And uh, next time, we'll probably have Amanda with us and maybe a guest. I don't know. Maybe there will be four of us, <laughs> all socially distanced. Uh, but until then, my name is Harper. My name is Colin. And uh, this is uh, this is the podcast. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in. I think you're a good person. Goodbye. <laughs>